That was uh, Father Richard Rohr, who asked us to refer to him uh, as Richard and not Father, uh, but he is <laughs> yes. a Franciscan priest and really progressive, way ahead of his time. Uh, he's in his early 70s, and I'll tell you something. So he's a little older, uh, but if I had heard a priest like that back when I was uh, a young teenager and Catholic, uh, would have had a very profound effect on my life. But I, I don't remember hearing anybody quite like him. I don't think so. Um, I certainly uh, know that there weren't many people like him until, you know, recent years. There were, I mean, there probably were, but, you know, there weren't a whole lot of them. There were people influenced by Thomas Merton uh, back, you know, starting in the 60s, but... I don't know how much it got down to the local parish. I don't even know how much it's down to that level now, even right. with all the, the huge uh, in, uh, growth of contemplative Christianity. No, I think even <clears throat> with Richard Rohr and uh, Thomas Keating, most Catholics have not heard of them or are not so familiar. Maybe a little bit. They, they, you'll hear a, a sermon occasionally or somebody come in, a special speaker, that'll talk about centering prayer or something along these lines. He's a real, uh, also, he's an intellectual and a very deep thinker. But when I asked him about practical advice for somebody just saying, hey, how can I get uh, more toward what the mystical uh, teachers of the past have taught in Christianity or any other religion, it was more from an intellectual approach uh, he took it. Uh, you know, I think the average person, you know, uh, listening to what he was talking about would have a hard time following him. He is very, he gets into the abstract. And um, when he talked, he, he mentioned people should find some meditation or contemplation, but there wasn't anything real specific he mentioned. And when you asked him about his own, you know, what practices, I don't remember him uh, spe being specific well, on that. Yeah, that wasn't clear, but I'm guessing uh, <laughs> that, you know, they have training programs, they have weekend retreats, they have uh, longer retreats, they have a whole school where they're training uh, teachers. I'm sure there are specific uh, meditation and, con and contemplative practices that are taught and guided. He, he didn't get into it in our call, mm -hmm. but I'm sure that's part of it. I know two people who are involved with them one of them has been our guest, Jim Finley, mm -hmm. and, you know, when Jim does retreats and, you know, he teaches uh, Christian forms of meditation or, you know, adapted uh, forms of meditation in, uh, from other traditions in, in that context. So I'm sure, you know, there's more method than uh, he might have indicated in the call. Right, right. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously <clears throat> very influential and not, not just somebody who lives in the abstract. I mean, he, he's very in the world and, you know, his work promoting uh, uh, equality and equal treatment and recognition of uh, gay people yeah, within Catholicism uh, is uh, and was way ahead of its time. I mean, he oh was my, in 2000, yeah. he came out and stroke, spoke very strongly about it. And that was 16 years ago, and that was not uh, well-received. That would have not have been well-received back then. And there's still a lot of resistance to that. I mean, he's definitely socially, within the church anyway, very, very progressive. 
And uh, I also read, and next time we talk to him, I want to get into it, uh, he didn't necessarily see the crucifixion. Uh, this is what I read as uh, the, uh, uh, you know, redeeming the world, uh, or uh-huh. redemption of the world. On the other hand, he said today, the, the crucifixion represented, you know, or having how, how we deal with suffering and, and how we move beyond that. So, uh, you know, fascinating on many levels and, I had a lot more questions, as I'm sure you did, for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, he's written several books. He's on the lecture circuit a lot. He's got, uh, you know, his his programs are very, very well attended, and he has uh, colleagues of of great stature um, uh, working with him. So I'm sure the outreach is, is quite considerable, and he's having a great influence in in that uh, in the Christian world. Uh, so um, I, I was delighted to have him on. I mean, I, there's so many questions we could ask. I'm mm-hmm. I don't know enough about the Franciscan tradition, and um, but the Franciscans I've met have been such wonderful people. Well, it, it's interesting uh, there because uh, <clears throat> I do have some familiarity with them and. Uh, they are a uh, an order that uh, is not cloistered, although they do uh, uh, focus, uh, and a big part of it is meditation, contemplation, going inward. But their main role is to go out in the world and work with people, specifically the poor, the needy. Uh, you know, this was the message of St. Francis. Uh, mm-hmm. And I noticed on Richard Rohr's uh, uh, Facebook page or, or website, there's a picture of him with a dog, and Saint Francis is known as the patron saint of animals, and uh, and uh, loving and protecting them. And and at one point, Richard Rohr mentions that he believed in animals had souls. So I thought that yeah. was a very interesting and a whole other uh, area uh, to discuss. And uh, you mentioned and uh, uh, that the new pope took the name Francis, and I think that uh, he took that very much for the reason of representing somebody uh, like this current Pope does, who has a deep concern, is, goes out there and, and mixes and mingles and brings attention to the poor and needy of the world. So, you know, uh, yeah. uh, so Richard Ward had, to me, I was very impressed because he had not only the intellectual knowledge and, and uh, could deal with the abstract, but was very much uh, concerned in dealing with uh, those things going on the wor- in the world today. Yeah, and uh, it, it, stepping back from uh, his uh, focus and his world, um, I see a, a number of the people we've interviewed, um, they come from different traditions, they have different uh, methodologies, different angles into the, the divine, uh, but there's this um, trend I, that of combining the inner and the outer right. in a very fruitful way that I'm very encouraged by. When we asked him how he started the Center for Action and Contemplation, it, 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 it was kind of the reverse of what some people learn. I mean, there's like in the Buddhist and the yoga world, there's people who've been working inwardly for all these years, and then at a certain point they realize, well, you know, they want to bring what they've uh, their own inner life out into the world and and you know in in service and engagement 
he it sounded like it was the opposite. He had all these people working, you know, in that spirit of of Christian a- activism and social justice work, uh, who sounded like you know they might have been getting burned out and and so forth, and that they needed to enrich their inner life so they could bring more to their mm-hmm. activism. And um, so this combination seems seems to be catching on, and the importance of doing both, uh, that the inner life, cultivating the inner life, isn't quite enough if you're a citizen in the world, and, and doing good works is not enough if, if you don't have, or is not as effective if you don't have a rich inner life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's been a common theme uh, that's come from our... Uh, interviewees, whether they're from a Buddhist, Hindu, Jewish, Catholic, uh, other Christian, uh, a, a, a secular tradition. I mean, a, anybody who seems to have uh, delved into inner spirituality at some point looks at the outer world, sees that they are part of it, and then embraces and works to correct uh, everything, not, not just their own <clears throat> psyche and their own physiology, but it embraces the world. I also thought, Phil, and I'd like you to reflect on this, his concept of God, as he said, God, the way we look at it in Christianity now even, is very pagan-like. Usually a man uh, sitting in the sky somewhere with a long beard who's uh, generally unhappy about things, whereas he (laughs) talked about God as uh, an action, a flow more in terms of the Trinity. Uh, Your thoughts on that? Well, no, I, I I'm not a theologian, but uh, uh, or you know historian of of Christianity. It was uh, very interesting to hear his take on it, um, and and his equating the word God with you know the original term Deus and Zeus, which was fascinating to me. I had never made that that connection, but you know, and you're right. You know, a lot of a lot of the the sort of conception of God in the Michelangelo, you know, uh, imagery uh, of the, the 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 what you know cynics call the sky god. Right. Um, you know, I think a lot of that is fading, but it's still you know the predominant image that comes up when people use the word God. And uh, it is similar to Greek mythology and Roman mythology with, you know, gods, human-like gods sitting up, you know, in some location. Right, and, and uh, the, the, the person on earth saying, dear God, make my football team win today, please. Yes. You know, it's very important. Well, <clears throat> everybody knows that God is a Patriots fan. Really? I, I have a very different view of that. <laughs> Anyway, uh, he was a terrific uh, interview, and uh, I look forward myself to listening to it, uh, and, uh, which, which I, I know both of us always do, because when you're yeah. actually doing the interview, uh, you, I always hear more when I listen to it. And, uh, you know, so many of our guests, uh, I look forward to having back on the show. I think we have, Phil, we have close to 100 interviews Posted now. Yeah, wow, we're problem. getting close to the century yes. mark. And, and you know, I hope we can have uh, Richard Rohr back on, 
you know, uh, he's, he was so busy and he was working on his book that um, we actually scheduled this interview several months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could, you know, he couldn't do it any sooner, you know, so uh, uh, I hope we, we can uh, have him back on and his schedule permits. Yeah, we've had, uh, not to toot our own horn, but uh, we've had some amazing uh, guests on the show. And I, I think, you know, there's an enormous body of knowledge. And like I said, we have about 100 posted right now. So I would rather listen to our interviews than take a... Uh, uh, a course in uh, comparative religions or spirituality or whatever. I think there's a whole education that can be gotten. And uh, so I hope people are enjoying that. And uh, and I hope they can help us figure out a way to keep this going. So any ideas, suggestions uh, are greatly ap- appreciated. And our contact information is at spiritmatterstalk.com. And we look forward to hearing from you. Till next time, yes. Phil. Thank you, Dennis. Over and out. See you later.